I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom here on earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. And this week, we're going to focus on some key things that God is focusing on. God is emphasizing some foundational truths right now to keep us on target, focused, and effective for the kingdom of God. These foundational truths remind us who he is, remind us who we are, and also remind us of the truth that we're here to deal with everything that's going on in the earth. Doesn't mean God's not there. He doesn't care. It means he's absolutely there. He absolutely cares. He's absolutely at work. He's absolutely moving. And he wants to use you to be part of his solution. So we're going to look at some core foundational truths that God is re-emphasizing. Foundational truths he's re-establishing and focusing on for his people in this hour. But just before we get to that, I've got two announcements for you. First, I want to make sure you know about our webinar that's coming up later this month, April 24th through the 28th. We've got our webinar, Leviathan Exposed, exposing the hidden schemes of Devonic King, overthrowing and casting down the effects of this spirit of Leviathan that's running rampant in the earth right now, creating misunderstanding, miscommunication, coming against strategic alliances, divine connections, tearing apart relationships, and sowing misunderstanding, miscommunication, and mistrust everywhere. If you've been in any situations lately where you feel like no matter what you do, you're misunderstood, the worst is thought about you, and the more you try to explain yourself, share your heart, the worse it gets, those are signs that Leviathan is active. And we can see the fruit of this demonic king. The scripture tells us it's not a low-level spirit, but it's actually demonic king. And it's subtle and it's hidden, but this webinar is going to help you understand what this spirit is recognize when it's at work, and most importantly, give you 12 keys that God gave us to partner with, to agree with the victory Jesus has over this spirit to see it cast down in your midst. So that's Monday and Tuesday, April 24th and 25th that evening. Then on the 26th, we'll give you a break. And then we come back on Thursday and Friday evening, April 27 and 28 at 5 p.m. Pacific time. You go to patriciakingministries.com to sign up for it. You'll see the, uh, the, the, the promo banner. Click on that. Or if you don't see that, click on the events link at patriciakingministries.com. And that'll get you to a listing for Leviathan Exposed. Click on the listing. It'll give you lots more information and it'll let you register for this event. You don't want to miss it. This is one of our most requested trainings, most requested supernatural spiritual warfare equipping schools. And we're doing the full school April 24th and 25th, 27th and 28th. When you register, you can join us live for it, but you also have the sessions available to you on demand to watch at your convenience. Any questions or if you have any trouble finding where to get the info and to register, just email me, robert at roberthotchkin.com. I'll get you the link, I'll get you the info, and we'll get you signed up. Okay, one other thing I want to uh, share with you. I've been doing it every single week. It's our invitation to sow and partner with us. 
The harvest is ripe. You know it. You can feel it. The harvest fields are ripe, and God is sending out the harvesters. And I want to tell you, the harvest in the nations is ripe. We are getting request after request from nation after nation. In the last 24 hours, I've gotten requests from two more nations to come and do everything from revival meetings, uh, equipping schools, crusades, media. God is sending us to the nations, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. If you join our Go team and help us be part of God's solution, become part of God's solution by helping send us out to these nations, many of which aren't in a position financially to fund some huge meeting or uh, uh, big speakers, you know, demands financially. Our desire is to raise the funds that we can go everywhere God is opening doors for us and truly go to serve and bless, equip, empower, save, and heal in the name of Jesus, to the glory of the name of Jesus, without having to put any demands out there. You can help us do that. Simply go to roberthodgkin.com, click the giving link, and you can give a one-time tax-deductible donation. But I would also really encourage you to pray into partnering with us so that every single month we're able to respond to these invitations and go, go to the nations, join the go team, help us send us to the nations, help be a part of the harvest in the nations in this hour. That's so on God's heart and he's opening all these doors. So simply go to roberthodgkin.com, click the giving link, join the go team and be part of God's solution. All right, let's get into this week's topic. Key things that God is emphasizing in this hour. What's on God's heart, what he wants to remind us of, and what he's equipping and empowering us with through foundational truths. Going all the way back to 2019, the Lord gave me, hard to believe that's four years ago already, but even before the pandemic hit and the, the health crisis of the pandemic and the financial crisis of the pandemic and the trust crisis of the pandemic and everything that's come with the fallout from everything involved in that and all the, on all the different levels and all the different spheres of influence way before any of that happened. God spoke to me mid to late 2019. I think it was, it was right around Rosh Hashanah. So it was right around September of 2019. And he said that he was going to begin relaying foundational truths for his people refocusing on foundational scripture kingdom truths to focus his people, but not only focus, but to relay the foundations to remind us what we have to stand on in all that was coming, all that is coming. He said that then he was going to bring us into a season where as we focus on these foundational truths, stand on these foundational truths, make choices and choose to operate from these foundational truths, that we would come into a season where we represent and represent him like never before. Like, like, like to the point of what we see in the first century church in the book of Acts, that but multiplied and magnified where it's not only several thousand doing it, but it's the body of Christ around the world representing and representing him in truly notable, remarkable and glorious ways, putting the reality of him and his kingdom on display. So since 2019, he's been speaking to me. I'm going to be relaying foundational truths. I'm going to be emphasizing some foundational kingdom scriptural truths to remind my people, to ground my people, to secure my people, to fuel and fire and further my people. So what I wanted to do this week 
was I was reflecting with the Lord recently, and I started to realize just how much he's been doing this. And even through our ministry, but so many ministries that I'm in relationship with, where I'll see what somebody's teaching or what somebody's broadcasting on or go to these meetings or speak at these meetings, hear what other speakers are sharing on. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, God, you've really been doing that. For the last several years now, you've been relaying these foundational truths. And there's certain foundational truths you are emphasizing right now that you want to to hear, you want us to glean from, you want us to live from, and you want to launch us out through. So this week, what I wanted to do is I wanted to focus on several of these foundational truths that God is emphasizing right now. So let's jump in. The first one I've already touched on, it's Genesis 1 verses 26 through 28, where right from the beginning, God says, I am making man in my image, male and female. I am making man in my image. Let's read it. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and rule. So, Right from the beginning, God's plan since day six, he's reminding us, he's relaying this foundation, he's reminding us, he's refocusing us on this. Since day six, God's plan has been to have a people willing to be in relationship with him. From, and then from within that relationship, we operate as his dominion stewards here on earth, ruling and reigning in his authority by his power to his glory. It's not that he's absent. It's not that he's not there and he doesn't care. It's not that he's not sovereign anymore. He's absolutely sovereign. He's absolutely there. He absolutely cares. He's absolutely involved. He's absolutely moving. He's absolutely up to something in the midst of all that's going on right now. But he also wants to remind us that his sovereign involved plan since day six has been to have you be here now recognizing that you're his dominion steward in the earth. You are here to represent and represent him. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. He says that he created us in his image, created us male and female. That means every man, every woman, every Christian is part of God's solution for right here, right now. He blessed us and he says, go out, subdue and rule, take dominion, be my my dominion steward, be my kingdom representative and representer. We are here to put the reality of him and his kingdom on display to everyone everywhere. We are his solution. That's why we start the show the way I start the show every single week. A couple years ago, y'all know this, a couple years ago, the Lord had me add the decree over each and every one of you who watches the, the, the vidcast or listens to the podcast each week. You matter. You are important. You have a key role to play for the kingdom here on earth. God has hand-selected you to be right here, right now, as part of his solution. And you need to be reminded of that. You need to be remembered. You need to remember that or actually remember that in the sense of bringing it back into being to know that no matter what your past is, no matter what your present is, no matter where he's placed you, you are part of his solution for right here, right now. That's about as foundational a truth as it gets. And if you're thinking, 
Well, sure, you're saying God started the whole Bible with this declaration of this foundational kingdom truth that I'm his dominion steward in the earth, but that's Old Testament. I'm a New Testament believer. Well, let me remind you that Jesus reminds us that this is still the plan. This is actually a huge part of what Jesus saves us back into. He's not only the propitiation for our sins, he not only removes our sins as far as the east is from the west so can, so that we can be restored to relationship with our heavenly father and all of his kingdom here on earth. He not only does for us what we could not do for ourselves, and he not only does it so we can have relationship with God, so we can inherit eternal life and step from this realm into the eternal realm and never know of death. He not only does that, his blood sacrifice not only does all of that and then purifies us so the Holy Spirit of God can come into us. He makes the unholy holy so we can have that deep union, communion, friendship, fellowship, and empowerment with God through his Holy Spirit. But Jesus is also restoring us to what was lost at the fall. Everything I've just listed, plus we're restored to the plan since day six. And Jesus makes this very clear in the New Testament, when all through the New Testament, all through the Gospels, Jesus makes this clear. Let me just give you two examples of it. In Matthew 10, verses 7 through 8, Jesus is saying to the disciples, that's me and you today. He says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. What's Jesus saying? Hey, I want you to catch this through me, in me, because of me. You're being restored to relationship with your heavenly father. You're being restored to a state of holiness through my blood sacrifice. You'll receive his Holy Spirit to have deep union, communion, intimacy, and fellowship with him. You'll never taste of death. You'll have eternal life. But you're also restored to the plan since day six where you're God's dominion steward here on earth. You're his representative and representer everywhere you go. So as you go, preach declaring the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Whose hand is he talking about? Your hand, my hand, our hand, the body of Christ's hand, his dominion steward's hands. And what do we do? We put the reality of him and his kingdom on display to everyone, everywhere we go. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. We cleanse the lepers. We cast out demons. We freely have received in fullness from him. We're to recognize that, remember that, be reminded of that. Have our minds renewed so we recognize in any situation God is with us, God is in us, God wants to work through us, so we're his solution in that situation. And then we release the reality of the kingdom on earth. We put the reality of the kingdom on display. We heal the sick, we cleanse the lepers, we cast out demons. We shatter the darkness. We release the light of the kingdom where wherever there's darkness of any kind, if there's darkness of sickness, darkness of oppression, darkness of death, release light. So there's healing. So there's life. So there's freedom. When God says in Genesis 1 verses 26 through 28, um, da, 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 let us make man in our image and, and, and according to our likeness. Those are two different things. When he says, let us make man in our image, he's saying, let us make man in our image as my representative, my representer here on earth. That's what that word image could be translated to in the original Hebrew. But then when he says after our likeness, he's saying, and he'll do things the way I do things. This is what Jesus did, right? Jesus came not only as Messiah, not only as mentor and Messiah, but as model. 
He not only came to restore us to relationship and share with us what we could walk in, but he came to show us what it looks like. That's why he says the works that I do, you will do also and even greater works. Why? Because we're being restored to the plan since day six. We're being restored into the image of our heavenly father, into his likeness, into his holiness, into relationship with him. But then we're also here to rule and reign in the earth in his authority, by his power, to his glory. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 10, 7, 8. Later in Matthew 28, when he does the great commissioning in verses 18 through 20, he says, Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. So Jesus is saying, this is the victorious risen Lord. He's saying, look, I've done all, I want all, I've given all. I have brought you into everything that we've been talking about. I have done it. I'm the victorious risen Lord. Now I want you to step out into it. All authority has been given unto me. I've taken back the keys to this realm. And in that, I'm restoring you to everything that was lost, including the dominion steward mandate of Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28, before the fall, when I, God, was the, the holder of authority in this realm and gave it to you to be my dominion stewards. You gave it away at the fall to Satan. I have won it back. And in that, the authority being given back to me, I'm bringing you back into that aspect of restored relationship as well. That's why he says, all authority has been given unto me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, he's saying to us, because I've won all, done all, and I'm giving all back to you. I'm restoring everything, including the plan since day six. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, rule and reign on the earth. Be dominion stewards on the earth once again over all creation, over all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And notice how he says, I am with you always. It would be incredible if he said to us, you are with me to the very end of the age. You're with me. You get to watch me do everything. Come walk alongside of me as I do it all. No, he's saying, I will be with you. He's pointing out that he's brought us back into this place of dominion stewardship. He's won all, done all, given all. All authority in heaven on the earth is once again his, and he's once again brought us into that plan since day six, the Genesis 1, 26 through 28 plan, where we're dominion stewards, where his kingdom agents of impact, where his representatives and representers to everyone, everywhere we go, he will be with us as we Go forth declaring the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now. It's at hand. It's at our hand. Now it's him in us and through us. It's his authority, his power to his glory, but we have a part to play. We are his dominion stewards. We are his solution. This is quite possibly the most core foundational truth that God is re-emphasizing right now so that we stop crying out, oh God, do something. There's nothing wrong with that cry as long as you realize what he wants to do is going to be through you and his other dominion stewards. We have a part to play. 
That doesn't mean God's not sovereign anymore. That doesn't mean he's not large and in charge anymore. It means he's absolutely large, absolutely in charge, absolutely sovereign. He's absolutely there. He absolutely cares. He's absolutely at work. But he also wants us to know that his plan since day six, his sovereign involved absolute plan since day six was to have you here now willing to be in relationship as part of his solution. So number one, foundational truth, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. God is re-emphasizing that, that he's handpicked you to be right here, right now as his dominion steward and wants to aid you and grace you to step out and be part of his solution. To that extent, another foundational truth he's re-emphasizing right now, kingdom, scriptural, biblical, foundational truth he's emphasizing and focusing on right now is Isaiah 60. Now, you've heard me share this before. Like many prophetic voices, I've been declaring for several years now, we're in an Isaiah 60 season. Just in the last, what is it, nine months, the Lord spoke to me and said, stop declaring it's an Isaiah 60 season. Start declaring it is an Isaiah 60 opportunity. And the key to the opportunity is verse two, where it says, behold the darkness in the earth and the deep darkness on the people. One of the foundational truths of the Bible, biblical, scriptural, kingdom truths that God is re-emphasizing and focusing us on right now is he wants us to behold the darkness on the on the earth and the deep darkness on the people. He wants us to behold it. He wants us to see it. He wants us to be aware of it. He doesn't want us to ignore it. He doesn't want us to not deny it. He doesn't want us to hide from it. He doesn't want us to duck and cover and say, oh God, do something about it. He doesn't want us to become bitter, frustrated, offended. Uh, 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 uh. He doesn't want us to do to to any of that he wants us to behold it why because of the next part of verse two behold the darkness on the earth the deep darkness on the people be aware of it see it because for the kingdom of god will arise in you the glory of the lord will appear upon you nations will come to your light kings to the brightness of your rising now of course that's his light that's his glory. That's his kingdom in us. But he wants it to all come through us. He wants us to choose in the midst of seeing the darkness to be like a sniper. This is the picture God showed me when he started re-emphasizing this behold the darkness and the deep darkness. That, that the enemy wants us to believe that we're seeing all this darkness everywhere because he's winning. No, he's simply strutting about, openly mocking the things of God like Goliath in the Valley of Elah, right? But God doesn't want us to deny it. God certainly doesn't want us to cower on the sidelines. We're his dominion stewards on earth, right? Foundational truth one. Well, foundational truth two is the next step. Knowing that, behold what the enemy is up to, because you're going to be like a sniper. Imagine if a sniper was out on post and was there to take out the, the stronghold of the enemy, right? But the sniper's eyes were closed. He refused to behold what was in his view glass. He refused to behold what was in his optic, right? If his eyes were closed, he wouldn't be very effective. That's why God says, behold the darkness, behold what the enemy's up to, because I'm going to use you to deal with it. If you then choose to allow the kingdom of God to arise in you, if you then choose to allow the glory of the Lord to appear upon you, 
as opposed to choosing to ignore it, shut your eyes to it, or become embittered, enraged, to release curses instead of scriptural decrees, to, to, to curse and, and be offended and be outraged and attack everybody for what they're doing wrong, as opposed to pressing into God and saying, Lord, I see it. Now, grace me. Let your kingdom arise in me. Not, not, not my flesh, not anger, not offense, not bitterness, not outrage, not fear, not cowardice, not frustration, not discouragement, but let your kingdom arise in me. Righteousness, peace, joy, let that arise in me. And then let your glory, let the fullness of your goodness be seen on me, seen through me as I grab hold of you, press into you and become part of your solution. So we are to know we're here for a reason. We're here to rule and reign. We're to be aware of what the enemy is up to. But in that awareness, we must also be aware that God has ways that he's going to use us to be part of his solution. So don't ignore the darkness. Don't deny the darkness. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't cower on the sidelines. Don't try to escape the darkness. Behold it. Be aware of what the enemy's up to because God's got a plan. His kingdom will arise. His glory will appear and he'll use you, which brings us to foundational truth number three that God is emphasizing right now. Matthew 16 verses 13 through 19. This is actually how we're going to begin to do what we're talking about. Number one, be aware you're here for a reason. You're part of God's solution. It's been his plan since day six. Number two, don't ignore, deny, or run away away from what the enemy's doing behold it knowing god has things he's going to bring up to you and through you to be part of his solution and then here's how that works jesus mentors us on it in matthew 16 verses 13 through 19 quick review what's going on in that passage of scripture. Jesus is walking with the disciples. He's discipling them, mentoring them, and rabbying them, right? He's teaching them. And he says, who does the world say that I am? And they say, well, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're Jeremiah, and some say you're this prophet, some say you're this teacher. Notice Jesus doesn't give any heed to it, doesn't even respond to it. And then he says, Simon, who do you say that I am? And Simon says, you were the Christ. And he says, well done, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but your father in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, the darkness in the earth will not prevail. How? Why? Because of what he's teaching us, the foundational truth of Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19, that Jesus is, is, is discipling us in, is teaching us in, empowering us in, focusing on then and refocusing and reemphasizing us on now is here's how you do it. Who does the world say that I am? Give no heed to it. Give no heed to the report of the world. Don't ignore what's going on in the world, but don't give heed to it. Behold the darkness, but don't give heed to it. Don't close your eyes to the darkness, but know it's not winning. Know whatever the enemy or the report of the world about what the enemy's doing doesn't matter. Oh, we're doomed. We're all going to die. We're all going to be impoverished. This bad thing's happening. That bad thing's happening. Well, yes, they are. But when we don't give, when we are aware of the darkness and what the enemy's up to, but we don't give heed to it, and we don't give heed to the reactions of our flesh. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't give heed to the report of the world and buy into all of that. 
manipulation and fear mongering and misdirection. You didn't give heed to that, but you're also not giving heed to what your flesh would say or how your flesh would respond in the midst of all this, but you're giving heed to the voice, to the word of your father. When you do that in the midst of everything the enemy's up to, all the world is saying about it, all the fear mongering, all the manipulation, all the distraction, all of it that's trying to get you to respond from the flesh and you choose not to respond from the flesh, but you give heed to the eternal truth of the word of your father. Now the gates of hell cannot prevail. Why? Because you're getting the truth. You're getting the strategies. You're getting the, the, the tactics. You're getting the blueprints and the battle plans straight from heaven so you can be part of God's solution. The gates of hell will not prevail. When we approach things this way, all of a sudden now we're in the position to loose into the earth what's been loosed from heaven. Let there be light. Let there be the light of healing. Let there be the light of deliverance. Let there be the light of righteousness. Let there be the light of protection and provision. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. And let all the darkness of the enemy be shattered and dispersed. Let the darkness on the earth and the deep darkness on the people be shattered and dispersed. Let there be light. God will give us the strategies, the tactics, the blueprints, the battle plans, the instructions on how to partner with him that when we know we're part of his solution, we don't ignore or deny or afraid of or cower in the midst of what the, the enemy is up to. We don't give heed to the world's report and twist on that. We don't give heed to the reactions of our flesh, but we give heed to the word of our father. The gates of hell cannot prevail and heaven will be loose to us and through us into the earth. All right, foundational truth number four. Why does this work? So we've talked about who we are, what we're to do, how we do it, and now let's talk about why this works. Another foundational truth God is refocusing on and re-emphasizing in this hour is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We need to understand, and God is refocusing on the power of our faith. In my book, Realms of Power, I have a whole chapter on the power of faith. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen that book, I've got one here on the shelf. This is it, Realms of Power. You can get it at Amazon.com. You can get it at ChristianBook.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it through Apple Books or uh, Amazon's Kindle edition. If you like eBooks on your tablet or reader, um, you can go to your bookstore and they will more than likely have a copy, especially in Christian bookstores. But I know Barnes and Noble's carrying it in store as well. And if they don't have it, they can order it in. There's a whole chapter on the power of faith there. I don't have time to fully unpack. But this is one of the foundational truths God is refocusing us on and reemphasizing that faith is not only believing. It is believing. It's choosing to believe. Faith is choosing to believe eternal truth in the midst of temporary, very real challenges. When we behold the darkness, to still choose to believe eternal truth. When we behold the darkness, to give heed to the word of our Father over the report of the world or the reactions of our flesh in the midst of beholding the darkness so we can be part of his solution, right? How this works is when we choose to believe that eternal truth, that word of our Father over everything else, choosing to believe in faith, 
triggers the substance of our faith, and the substance of our faith works to establish in this temporal realm that we're stewards of what is eternal truth, what we already have in Christ Jesus, but aren't yet fully seeing. That's why when we, we have our eight decrees to heal the land, eight decrees to heal the nations that we've put together, especially for the election season, has nothing to do with parties, politics, or candidates. It has everything to do with the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God's rule and reign being established and reestablished and increased in our nation. We can declare the increase of his government shall know no end in the United States of America. I declare over the nations that I'm going out to, and the nations that are inviting us in, that we're believing for the finances to go to, we're declaring over our nation, those nations, all these eight scriptural decrees, and choosing to believe these eternal truths. And by the way, if you email me, robert at roberthodgkin.com, I will get you a free PDF of this so you can be decreeing and declaring these eight decrees to heal the nations over your nation and the nations God put on your heart. When we choose to believe and decree as part of God's solution, our faith is not only belief, but in choosing to believe, it's actually triggering the substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. When What does that mean, hope for? Like, oh, I hope I see one day. No, it's the things you know are God's truth. You choose to believe, and you know in hope, in a faith-filled expectation, you're decreeing and declaring, not hoping to see it one day, but having a faith-filled expectation, knowing it's already ours in Christ, and as you choose to agree with it, decree it and declare it, choosing to believe triggers the substance of your faith to establish in this realm that we're dominion stewards over what we already have in the eternal realm. So the, the two main ways we operate as dominion stewards in the earth is through the gift, power, and responsibility of our free will and the substance of our faith. Choosing to believe, gift, power, and responsibility of our free will. Choosing to believe eternal truth in the face of temporary real challenges, test trials, tribulations, darkness that we're willing to behold, not deny, but in that, not give heed to the darkness, not give heed to the world's take on the darkness, not give heed to our flesh's reaction to the darkness, but choose to believe eternal truth, decree it, declare it, the word of our Father over everything else that triggers the substance of our faith to establish what is already ours in the eternal realm in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given unto us in Christ Jesus. That's why we pray and decree, be healed in Jesus's name. Not because we hope to see someone healed one day, maybe, but because we know Jesus paid the price for healing at the cross, that he took the stripes, that by his stripes, we are healed. Not will be, we are. And we choose to agree with that. We choose in the midst of the darkness of sickness and disease, we choose to believe the eternal truth of the report of our father, that is, we are healed by his stripes. It has happened. It is ours in the eternal realm. Choosing to believe that triggers the substance of our faith to establish in this realm what is already ours in Christ. I chose to believe that for 12 years. And over the course of 12 years, the substance of my faith established what was already mine in Christ. I wasn't hoping to be healed one day. I was believing to see the full manifestation of what was already mine in Christ. Now, there's some people I pray for. We see instantaneous healing miracles. Other times we have battles that last longer than we expected. Why? 
because we're actually establishing a realm through the substance of our faith for something greater than we were expecting, but also bigger and more blessed than we've ever imagined. So uh, foundational truth number four, the substance of our faith and how it works. All right. Foundational scriptural biblical truth number five that God is reemphasizing. This is a simple one. But I tell you what, the kingdom's simple, and the more simple it is, the more profoundly powerful it is. He is reminding us that his name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. His name isn't Robert. His name isn't uh, Johnny. His name isn't Stanley. His name isn't Andrew. His name isn't any of the other names that he could have been named. His name is Jesus, Jehovah Ashua, our God who saves, our God who sozos, our God who completely, utterly, and totally saved us delivers us, heals us, restores us, body, soul, and spirit. That's what the name Jesus means, Jehovah Oshua. Jesus saves, or the Greek version would be Jesus sozos. Jesus who has done all, won all, and given all. He is the God who saves, heals, delivers, revives, reforms. He is the God who does for us and our nations what we cannot do for ourselves. You know, we just celebrated Easter here. And Easter's many incredible things, and I hope you got to uh, listen to the episode where I shared with you and shared um, um, uh, and released to you what I received at the Garden Tomb when I was recently in Israel. Powerful time, Easter. One of the most profound things about Easter for me is not only the core foundational reality of Jesus overcame death itself for us, but it's the reminder that from the cross to the tomb, Jesus came and did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's who our Jesus is. He wants us to be reminded in this season, he will do for us, he will do for our nations what we cannot do for ourselves. Why is that important to remember that he is the God who saves, heals, and delivers us and everything we care about, that he died for, that he gave his life for, that he overcame sin, hell, and death itself for, that he did the impossible for? Why is that important? Because let, let's, let's say um, in the elections, the people you thought would be a great solution for your nation didn't get in. Well, I'm not saying we don't vote. I, think, I personally think every Christian should vote, and I think we should vote for the candidates with the most uh, righteous and godly platforms. I think we should make a uh, uh, priority out of voting for candidates who are pro-life, pro-church, pro-God, and pro-Israel. That's my personal feeling. You may feel differently. If you're a, in the body of Christ, I absolutely still love you. Um, if you're not in the body of Christ and we disagree on this, I still love you. Um, Jesus died for you, right? And I don't think we should cede any sphere of influence to the enemy. I disagree with those who say, oh, if Christians are involved in politics, they're making an idol out of a candidate. I disagree with that. I think we should invade every sphere of influence and sphere of man and bring the wisdom, the righteousness, the insights, and the values of the kingdom into that sphere. So yes, of course, I think we should vote. And I think we should, but we'll never have perfect candidates. There's going to be something flawed in every candidate. No one's going to have a perfect platform or a perfect personality. Uh, that's why the perfect one came. None of us are perfect, right? He came for us because we are so flawed. I'm not making excuses for sin or shortcomings. I'm saying don't expect a candidate to be perfect. Look at the look beyond the imperfections of the, I mean, politics is a fallen system. It's a system of man in a fallen world. But look for the candidates who have the most godly, most kingdom values in their platform. I personally, for me, boil it down pretty simple. I look for someone who's pro-life, pro-church, pro-Israel, 
and pro-God. I then tend to be a little bit conservative when it comes to the economy. That matters to me as, as well. But that has to do more with the things of man, and I'm trusting it all to God. So what really matters to me is what candidate is pro-life, pro-God, pro-church, and pro-Israel. And I will tend to vote for those candidates, will vote for those candidates. But here's what I'm getting at. If none of them get in, I need to remember, while that's a good thing and a smart thing and a wise thing for us to do on a national level, a state level, a, a county level, a local level, and for us to get involved as well to bring those kingdom values and that kingdom wisdom into those spheres of influence on all of those levels, if not a single candidate gets in, I still trust that my God, Jehovah Oshua, the one who saves, delivers, heals, revives, and reforms – for those who don't deserve it and does for us what we can't do for ourselves. I'm still praying, decreeing, and declaring. I mean, come on. God overturned Roe v. Wade during what is most likely, I, I don't think there's any question about it, the most pro-abortion administration this nation has ever seen, including a vice president who was advocating for not just late-term abortions, but post-term abortions at one point when she was serving in California. This is our God of the impossible. This is who our Jesus is. This is Jehovah Ashua, the God who saves, heals, delivers, sozos, revives, reforms, renews, does for us what we cannot do for ourselves, is God of the impossible. He's reminding us of that. Be, I'm encouraging you, get involved in every sphere of influence that you're called to, that you're graced for. Bring kingdom wisdom, bring kingdom insight, bring kingdom values, bring kingdom power into those spheres. But even if that doesn't work out, remember our God is the God of the impossible. God is reemphasizing to us that he does for us what we don't deserve and cannot do for ourselves. That's who our Jesus is, and he wants us to remind us of that. And also that his name is Jesus, right? Well, we know that means his name is Jesus, that he was called Jesus. But in the Greek, that word name is onoma. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right. I tend to be really bad with the Hebrew and Greek pronunciations. But one of the ways that can be translated is character. So his name, who he is, is not only the one who saves, heals, delivers, revives, reforms for everyone, everywhere, all the time, does the impossible, does what we don't deserve. But we also need to understand his character is the one who saves. His character is the one who chooses mercy over judgment. His character, he's the God that loves no matter what, forgives no matter what, declares that mercy triumphs over judgment no matter what. And we need to understand, not only know his name, but that we pray in his name and we are sent in his name. We're to be praying for those who are part of the problem right now, not praying against them. We're to pray for them to get set free because ultimately they're not the problem. Satan's the problem. And even if they're knowingly in league with Satan, we need to understand that our Jesus in whose name we pray, he came to die for all. I was a sinner and I'm saved by his grace, his mercy, and his love. So I'm not here to convict and condemn. I may vote against candidates, I may turn off channels 
where people are in league with the enemy and not give heed to them, right? Like we talked about in the other foundational truth, but I'm not going to curse them and pray against them. I'm going to remember that I'm not called to be a son of thunder. I'm called to be an apostle of love because the power's in love, right? Like Jesus says in Luke 9 to James and John, the sons of thunder. You don't know what your hearts are like. You don't know what spirit you're of. You can't fight offense with offense. The son of God did not come to destroy man, but to save him. So don't call fire down on the Samaritans. Don't call fire down on the CNNites. Don't call fire down on the, the wrong administrationites. Don't call fire down on the, the least like politicianites. We call fire down on Satan. We call fire down on the powers and principalities that have ensnared them. And even if we think, no, they're knowingly in league. Remember what Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Even if they know what they're doing, they know not what they do. They've been suckered by, the, by Satan. I'm not making excuse for sin. I'm not making excuse for sinful, horrible policies that are negatively affecting our nation, our children, our spheres of influence. No, we stand against them, but we stand against them knowing the name, the character, and nature of our God, and the true power is in fighting for all. And that includes, of course, fighting for righteousness, truth, and justice according to kingdom values and kingdom truth. But we need to understand that we're sent in his name. And we and, and you know how we started with the Great Commission, Jesus reminding us that we're dominion stewards in the earth? Go, therefore, and baptize all the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, remember that word name is character. And if we're going to be truly effective in the Great Commission impacting nations, he's saying go and soak and saturate these nations in the character of God. How do we do that? By choosing to walk in it. That's why he says, uh, baptizing the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Not teaching, not yelling at them to observe, not lecturing them, not, not megaphoning them to observe, but teaching them to observe all that he's commanded us to do. In other words, we walk in it. We walk in his righteousness. We walk in his holiness. We walk in his wisdom. We walk in his mercy. We walk in his forgiveness. We walk in his unoffendability. We walk in his love. I tell you what, Patricia King is carrying a message right now on live unoffendable and a message on love is our only weapon. You go listen to those messages from her. Go to her YouTube page and listen to um, a preach she did at Shiloh, gosh, about three or four weeks ago, When Love is Your Only Weapon. And, and you listen to or read her book, Live Unoffendable. It'll convict you. It'll correct you. But boy, it'll empower you because it's the reminder of what God is reminding us. He's reminding us who he is and what he's like and that we pray in the character and nature of who he is and what he's like to be really effective. But we also go in the character and nature of who he is and what he's like to be really effective. All right. And along those lines, one more foundational truth, number six, that God is reemphasizing right now, reemphasizing right now. And it's perfectly in line with what I was just saying. He's reemphasizing right now. It's all about love. In John 13, verses 34 to 35, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. I want to tell you in this, this era, this epoch, this season of warfare, and these times of there's so much bitterness, offense, frustration, anger, cursing. I mean, it's palpable for those of you prophetic feelers out there like me. There are days I have to really be aware and really be careful because there's so much of this 
anger and even rage and outrage and offense and bitterness in the spirit. It's so easy to pick up on it and we'll feel it. But remember, we're feeling it to discern what's going on. So we come up above it. And the first thing we do to come up above it is to agree to be aware of it, but not come into agreement with it. Right. So we choose to rise up above it and then we pray against it. But we connect to God's heart first. But it's all about love. Everything Jesus did, Jesus did as love. Jesus did in love. Jesus did for love. The kingdom's all about love. Everything he did is love. And he's reminding us of that, not saying be good Christians and stop being offended because you're disappointing me or stop being outraged because you're disappointing me or stop cursing one another because you're disappointing me. No, he's saying, no, that's not the place of effect. That's not the place of impact. You're here to be dominion stewards. You're here to behold the darkness so that you can deal with the darkness by listening to eternal truth of your father and choosing to operate from it, letting the substance of your faith manifesting it, walking in my character and nature, the greatest manifestation of which is love. Those are the those are your six foundational truths God's reemphasizing right now. And he says, one new commandment I give you, he's saying, let me make this really simple for you. Because things are getting complicated in these complicated times. So the kingdom's always simple, and I'll make it simple for you. The place of peace, the place of protection, the place of provision, the place of power is love. Choosing to operate in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Um, um, I've been doing some audios for our partners, mentoring audios for our partners. And again, I want to invite you, if you're not partnering with our ministry, help make all this free media possible. Help make all our media messages, meetings, and missions trips to the nations possible by joining with us and, and partnering with us. When you do, go to roberthotchkin.com, click the giving link. When you do partner with us, you'll get weekly um, uh, mentoring audios as well as a lot of other blessings, um, the greatest of which is you become part of God solution. But I've been doing these uh, mentoring audios on love. And I did one recently on 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, pointing out the choices love makes, you know, because we feel God's love. And in that love, we feel our love for him. We can make the mistake of thinking love is a feeling. Love can be a feeling, but love is always a choice. And the Apostle Paul highlights that in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It's the choices love makes. There's nothing in there about how love feels. It's all about the choices love makes. Love chooses to be patient. Love chooses to be kind. Love chooses not to be boastful or arrogant or rude. Love chooses not to demand its own way. Love chooses not to be irritable. Love chooses not to get offended. Love chooses not to, to uh, uh, curse, but to bless. That's, those are the choices love makes. And God is reemphasizing to us it's all about love. Jesus is saying, let me make it really simple for you. It's all about love. And here's the key. Love God. And then in your love for God, love others. And I want to tell you, I've had my wrestles with this. As God has been reemphasizing this the last several months, I've said to the Lord again and again, like the Apostle Paul challenges us to in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, make love your highest aim. And I've told the Lord, God, once again, yet again, 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 yet again, 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 I'm making love my highest aim, yet again, again, again. I'm refocusing on love because I need to, yet again, again, again. And I've had some challenges these, these last several months as I've done that. And I've caught myself choosing not to love and then going to God and saying, Lord, why did I respond this way? Help heal those places in me. I want to make love my highest aim. But I'll tell you one of the things that's really helped me is it all starts with Jesus is so brilliant. It starts with love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, right? Because there's some, been some people that have done some things that have been 
like betrayals and hurts. And there's a part of me that didn't want to forgive, didn't want to choose love because I didn't think they deserved it. I'm not proud of that. I'm just being really open and honest and vulnerable with you. But I knew God deserved me making that choice. It's not about whether they deserve it. I certainly didn't deserve the love choices Jesus made for me on the way to the cross and at the cross, but he made them. Why? Because he loves his father who loves me because he loves me. He chose love for me and he did these things. So I love that Jesus starts with, let me make it simple for you. It's all about love. It's about loving God. And then in your love for God, you'll be able to love others. But then here's what's really key. And this is something all of us who want to want to grab hold of these foundational truths God is reemphasizing, especially that we're here to represent and represent him. Foundational truth number one, dominion, stewards, and the earth, right? How do we do that? By choosing love, because God is love. And nothing represents and represents God like love. That's why he says, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Notice Jesus doesn't say, they're going to know your mind by how much you love me, by how much you talk about how much you love me, by how much you let everybody know how much you love me. No, that's the way of the world. That's the way of gurudom. That's the way of religion. Jesus is saying, no, the world will know you love me by how much you love the world. Go out there and love the difficult. That'll let them know you love me. That'll put me on display. I know you love me. You know you love me. Go out there and love the world. Love the difficult. That'll help them know what truly is a Christian. That'll represent and represent me. So the the most important of these foundational truths that actually sums up all of them is it's all about love. He's reemphasizing it's all about love. God is love. The way we do all the truths, all the way we walk in, all these foundational biblical kingdom truths that he's reemphasizing is to choose the walk in love. It's our highest calling. It's our greatest aim. For me, it's my greatest passion, but it's also my greatest failing. It's what I fail at more than anything else. But you know what? What I really, really love is when Jesus is saying it's all about love in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm sorry, not 1 Corinthians, John 13. 34 through 35, when he says, one new commandment, I give you one new commandment. I'm boiling it down to one thing, everybody. I'm going to make it simple for you because the times are going to get complicated. So I'm going to make sure you know the kingdom's simple. It's all about love. Love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What's really profound about this is two things to me. One, Jesus says this in in John 13 within the context of Judas leaving to betray him. And he's very aware of it. Just before Jesus says this, Judas has got up and left to go and betray him. Um, And Jesus is very aware of that. We all know that because he talks about it at the Last Supper in in the next chapter. So Jesus is saying this. It's all about love, even when you're being betrayed, even when you're being rejected, even when those you've trusted have not been trustworthy or hurting you or betraying you. But it's also within the context of what Peter's about to say when Jesus walks through everything and says, you know, and you're going to you're going to fall away or run away. And Peter says, not me. I would die before I ever denied you. And Jesus says, you know, actually you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows, before the rooster even crows, you'll deny me three times. So the Jesus is saying it's all about love within the context of his imperfect companions. Hello, that's me. That's you. 
Jesus is not saying you have to do this perfectly. He's saying you just need to be willing to go on this journey with me of learning to love, learning to choose love, learning what love looks like in any given situation. And I want to tell you there's a grace right now. There's a grace for conviction. There's a grace for correction when we don't choose love. And in that, there's a grace for exposing why and healing why and then growing in love. It's all about love right now. Perfect. Uh, Jesus doesn't expect you to be perfect at it. He's the perfect one. He's just asking you to be willing. So let's wrap up by saying this prayer together. If you feel led, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the foundational truths you're focusing on and reemphasizing for me. Thank you, Lord, for a great grace to see them, grab hold of them, know the truth of them, and walk on them in this hour. Thank you that I'm your dominion steward. Thank you that you're going to help me behold the darkness. Thank you that you're going to grace me not to give heed to the world or my flesh, but to listen to eternal truth. Choose to believe eternal truth. Walk in that eternal truth. Focus on who you are and what you're like and choose the choices of love so I can truly represent and represent you. God, I'm willing to go on this journey with you. As always, I need your help. I need your grace. Holy Spirit, I welcome your conviction and correction. I welcome your empowerment. I welcome a fresh baptism of your oil, your fire, your wind, your wine. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your counsel. I thank you for your might. Grace me, grace me, grace me. Equip me and empower me to walk in the fullness of all that you're refocusing me on and reemphasizing to me to be part of your solution in this hour. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Men. And if that prayer went on a little too long for you to follow, know that I'm releasing that over you. I'm praying that over you. Simply grab hold of the grace and say amen to all of it. And you're coming into agreement with it. And he can't wait to help you with every bit of it. All right. Thank you so much for being with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. We talked about what God is emphasizing right now because you are part of his solution. And he's going to use you in great and mighty ways. Don't forget, we've got our Leviathan Exposed webinar, April 24th and 25th and 27th and 28th. That's Monday and Tuesday evening and Thursday and Friday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'll put the banner up here so you can see the information, but go to patriciakingministries.com, click the events link, and you can sign up for that to be a part of it live and then also to watch it on demand later. Or if you can't make it live, sign up anyways. and All the uh, sessions will be there for you to view at your convenience online on demand. And then one last time, please consider uh, joining with us in this season, partnering with us, making a one-time tax-deductible donation, or even more, please pray into a partnering with us on a monthly basis to help us continue to reach the nations through all the free media we create, through our, uh, our messages, our meetings, and our missions. We are going to so many nations this year, and so many more are asking us to come. Help make that possible. Join our GO team and be part of God's solution. Go to roberthodgkin.com and give the giving link. All right, my wonderful friends, you dominion stewards, you kingdom agents of impact, thanks so much for being with me this week. I will join you back here again soon for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and men on the front lines.